Welcome to the Divorce Tribe Podcast. My name is Luke Mydell, and I created this weekly podcast to provide support and healing as you navigate the daily trials that accompany divorce. I have been where you are, I have walked that lonely road, and I'm hoping to share what I have learned and what I am still learning through others. We are part of the same tribe, the Divorce Tribe. Welcome to the official episode one of the Divorce Tribe podcast, In the Beginning. This week I'm going to be talking about what happens in the beginning of divorce when you realize that your marriage is ending. My goal this episode is to share some of the emotions that I felt and that others feel so that you know that you aren't alone, that you have a tribe of people who can help you find your way out of this and who have developed the healthy coping mechanisms to not only survive from their divorces, but to thrive from their divorces. Now, to thrive, one of the things you need to strive for, which I'll talk about on a later episode, is forgiveness. So let me tell you what this podcast is not meant to do. It's not meant for me to badmouth my ex. We co-parent well, we have a friendly surface-level relationship despite what happened near the end of our marriage. And this is a hard place to get to. I still can't talk to her about some topics without anger bubbling up to the surface. And that's fine, because I'm still healing, and I'll be healing for a while. It takes time and work to get to a place where you feel happy and healthy, especially after a hard divorce. And let's face it, all divorces are hard in their own way. So once again, this is not a place for me to disparage my ex. That being said, I will be discussing what happened in my marriage, what I could have done better, and things that happened during my marriage that might help you find healing and provide you with knowledge about how to treat certain aspects of your divorce or how to handle some of the emotions and pain of your divorce. You know, those emotions include many that I felt that I still feel at times. Anger, sorrow, frustration, pain. And in the initial stages of my divorce, I was nowhere near a place where I wanted to even talk with my ex. But things have softened over time as I've gotten distanced from the toxicity of those final two years of my marriage. Now, your relationship might never get to a place where you can have any sort of friendship with your ex, or even a positive co-parenting relationship. In some divorces, all communication is done through apps that record everything that is said for legal purposes, and that's necessary in many cases. Now, divorce is like a snowflake, a dirty, grimy, soot-filled snowflake that somehow got formed with what would have been acid rain. As such, some episodes and some situations will not apply to your divorce, and you may have already passed through the stages of grief and pain and are closer to finding joy and healing. So find the advice that applies to your situation where you are in your healing process and use that, and then just ignore the items that don't apply. And please send me any feedback or constructive criticism you have on the podcast. As it goes along and gains more listeners, I'm hoping to have more people in the episodes to interview. Until then, it will be me and my voice and my research. That being said, the format of my podcast will go as follows. I will open by sharing the topic and goal of each podcast, and then I will segue to a book I have read or am reading that I chose to read to help with my divorce specifically in the topic of the day. And then I will go through the main topic before ending the podcast. So, on to the show. Let's go straight into the book I'm currently reading. My book for today is titled Aftermath on Marriage and Separation. 
It's written by English author Rachel Cusk, and it's about her own divorce and separation. It's beautifully written, and I'll leave a full book review on thedivorcetribe.com when I finish it. What I will share today is a quote from the opening of the book that pertains to today's theme. Quote, Recently, my husband and I separated, and over the course of a few weeks, the life that we'd made broke apart, like a jigsaw dismantled into a heap of broken-edged pieces. Sometimes the matrix of a jigsaw is undetectable in the assembled picture. There are champion jigsaw makers who pride themselves on such things, but mostly you can tell. The light falls on the surface indentations. It's only from far away that the image seems complete. End quote. Now, I love this metaphor, because a broken marriage can appear beautiful and complete from far away. It's when you're up close to it that it's easier to see the cracks, the creases holding it together. And in the beginning of a divorce, that image can shatter, as if the jigsaw puzzle was made of glass and was swept off the table onto a concrete floor, and there's no chance of putting it back together. That's how I felt the night my wife finally decided she wanted a divorce, like my life was shattering around me. I remember it vividly, one of those memories that is just seared in my brain. A couple days earlier, after a rough discussion we had had about some texts I had found, I asked her if she even wanted to be married anymore, and she asked for a couple days to consider. During those two days, I prayed, I prayed, poured out my heart on my knees in the morning, at work, at night, and in the meantime, we spent time together as a complete family, going to the zoo with our kids, laughing, talking, and being positive. I was feeling really good. In my mind, marriage was forever, and I was never going to give up on that. I had made a commitment. I loved my wife dearly. She was my best friend, and I couldn't understand how my best friend could choose leaving me over staying with me. It's not something best friends do. And as we sat down after two days and I asked her if she had decided, I was sure she was going to say, yes, I want to stay. I love you. I love this marriage, this friendship, this love that we have. I love this family we created through the hardship of infertility and miscarriages, of betrayals of trust but most of all through the joy and love of knowing that I was married to my best friend, that we had created a nurturing home for our wonderful kids, that any rational person would look at our marriage from a 50,000 feet point of view and see that it was good, that even I could see that the cracks and breaks could be mended. I have decided I want a divorce. I can still hear that phrase, I can still hear the ringing in my ears, and I remember my heart sinking and all of my hope being sucked out of the room. That was the official beginning of the end for my marriage. Now, sure, it had been coming for the last three years, and I can look back and see with the clarity that only comes as you distance yourself from the event that there was a pattern of sabotage those last few years. But that's not what I thought about in the beginning of the end, and that's what we're talking about today. I had these questions running through my mind. How can this be happening to me? How can I be hurt so deeply? Will I ever feel anything again? Will I ever sleep again? 
Or some of you may be past that thinking, how will I make ends meet? How do I help my kids cope with this? What can I do to get him or her back? How can I fix this? For everyone that is at the start of this process, I just want to let you know that I'm sorry. I want to wrap my arms around you to let you cry and to just hold you tight because I know what you're going through. It feels like a death, and it is. It's the death of a dream, the death of a future. It feels like the death of hope and happiness, and it's so destabilizing. Let me begin with this. You may feel alone, but there are many others who are going through this, who have gone through this, and who have come out the other side stronger, more resilient, and better parents and friends than they ever were before. Somewhere in between the never-ending piles of laundry, the daily and nightly dishes, the constant cleaning and constant fatigue, you can find peace. You can find moments of tranquility. So cherish those moments for what they are. Enjoy them knowing that you will soon be busy once again, that tomorrow the couch that is clean, will once again be covered in laundry, that the kids will be asking for peanut butter and Nutella sandwiches for lunch, and somewhere in between all that, when your daughter or your son is giving you a big hug, or when you're all sitting around the dinner table talking about dreams, or Minecraft, or Pokemon, I hope you recognize the importance of what you're doing. And sometimes it doesn't feel like you'll ever reach that point. There isn't a magic pill of healing. It will take time. But these are my initial recommendations. These are the things I wish I had known in the beginning. And they are ultimately the things that helped me heal. Number one, don't make any major decisions or act on your emotions right away. You might be tempted to destroy their car, to burn her wedding dress, to smash his CD collection. Besides that one Backstreet Boy CD you decide to keep for yourself... You need to wait a bit for your mind to clear so that you can make any decisions with the least amount of bias and emotional turmoil altering that decision. Run your decisions by friends and family so you have a better idea what to do. And granted, your friends and family will not always be rational because they'll be just as angry, if not more angry, than you are. And so it's helpful to have multiple opinions when you're making these decisions. I can say with certainty that I did not do this. I was not level-headed. I did not make rational decisions. And to be honest, that's okay. Your mind goes a little crazy at the beginning. I said things during those initial days that I had never said in my entire life because this was unlike anything I had ever experienced in my entire life. I held a bonfire of belongings at night and yet during the day, I felt like I had to keep it all together for my kids. Like I was playing this part, this act that I had to portray for them. And that's hard. It's hard not to give up on yourself at this point. But save those big decisions for later. Give yourself time to calm down and to start thinking rationally. So on to number two. Take care of yourself and allow others to take care of you. Now this one is hard. Your entire world has been upended, and I wouldn't blame you if you aren't the healthiest you've ever been at this point. But you won't be able to take care of your kids if you're incapacitated. Something really resonated with me in my research, 
it's the metaphor of the oxygen mask in airplanes. If you're flying with your children and an emergency happens and the oxygen masks fall from the ceiling, the flight attendant says, put on your own mask first and then put on your children's mask. Now this works in this scenario because it's easier for you to help your children if you're not dying from lack of oxygen. Once you've taken care of yourself, you'll better be able to take care of your children. Now, this isn't a perfect metaphor because it will take a long, a long time to heal from your divorce. Some of you may be at the beginning and some of you may be much further along where you're feeling happy. But wherever you are, you don't want to neglect the care of your children during that time. But what the metaphor does represent is that if you drown yourself in alcohol, drugs, sleep, any number of unhealthy habits, you won't be able to take care of your children. You won't be able to do the minimum necessary for them to surpass this trial in their lives. So what are your oxygen masks during divorce? Well, one is to get plenty of sleep, but don't oversleep. Now, I realize if you're at the beginning portion of your divorce, this seems impossible. So I will dedicate an entire episode about getting enough sleep or even trying to get sleep at a later time. Uh, another oxygen mask, just say no to drugs and alcohol. Another one, try to eat as healthy as possible. You know, I was not the pitcher of health that first little while and my kids suffered for it. When before I'd been making healthy dinners, I was suddenly too exhausted and mentally gone to do anything but get fast food. And sometimes you just have to force yourself to find something healthy. And that might be choosing between two different fast food options and saying, okay, yeah, we're going to go for Subway instead of McDonald's tonight. And then, you know, patting yourself on the back because you made such a good decision. You know, something that my church does when a couple has a baby or goes to the hospital or gets sick or something like that, the church groups together and prepares meals for the family. They did it when we had our two children. They did it when my wife was in the hospital, and it was very helpful. But of all those times and cases, I could have used it more during my divorce than any other time. I certainly had more wits and capabilities when I was a new father and when my wife was in the hospital than when I got divorced. And that's funny because I remember as a new father staying up with my kid who was just crying and crying and crying. It was 3 a.m. and I was like, how am I going to survive this? How can I survive with this much sleep? Well, lucky me, uh, I got to experience something even better, you know, 15 years later. So, another oxygen mask, exercise. Any exercise will be good for you. Go for a walk, turn on Footloose and do an angry dance with Kevin Bacon. Do 100 push-ups or 100 sit-ups or 5 push-ups and 5 sit-ups. Get your heart rate up, get sweating, and take care of yourself. I found an interesting article about the effects of divorce on the immune system. It's titled Marriage, Divorce, and the Immune System. You know, that's a very apt title. It was published in the American Journal of Psychology, and it basically said that the depression caused by a divorce, quote, provides a central pathway to immune dysregulation, inflammation, and poor health. 
that's not surprising seeing how stressful divorce is and how big of an impact stress has on your health. So exercise, eat healthy, get plenty of sleep. Continuing with the theme of taking care of yourself and allowing others to take care of you, another oxygen mask is to allow others to take care of you. If your parents offer to watch your children, accept. If your friend offers to bring over dinner, gladly take. And be sure to do all of this while giving yourself slack to not do any of these things that well early on. You are going through such a traumatic time that it's hard to do anything. It's hard to even think. People tell you what helps, but sometimes it's all you can do to pull yourself out of bed Get your kids off to school looking semi-presentable with sandwiches, Cheetos, and a handful of chocolate chips for a treat before you collapse in a mess of emotions. And that's okay, that's normal, and you will do better. There have been many times over the past two years where I would walk my daughter up to school, putting on my cheery voice, tears wiped away as soon as they left the secrecy of my sunglasses. And I'd give her a big hug and kisses on each cheek. And then as I walked away, I would just be overcome with holding all of it in. And the tears would just flow freely and I'd just cry. Sometimes I'd just keep walking, knowing that I might as well get some exercise while I'm losing it. Other times I would go home and pull up my work and find a task that had to be done, but that required minimal thought, and I'd just work on that. So those are your oxygen masks, the ways you can take care of yourself during this divorce and let others take care of you. Another thing that is very helpful is to get yourself a journal. Buy yourself a fancy pen or a crappy pen as long as it works and start writing down how you feel. Write down your worries, your sorrows. This will help you recognize the healing that you are making as the divorce process continues. I remember just getting inside my head all negative months after my divorce was finalized, thinking that I was still just as lost, just as sad, just as lonely as when my ex first asked for a divorce. And it's true that you will always go through those highs and lows, but the journal will help you see a general upward trend. I had made some entries in the first couple of days after my divorce, that I was able to look back on and recognize how much I had actually healed between then and that moment when I was doubting that I had healed at all. It went from this description in my initial entry, quote, I've realized that what I didn't understand about marriage is that even though I believe that marriage is forever, it takes two people to believe that. I love my wife. She's my best friend. I don't understand how she could do this. If you're going through the same situation, I'm truly sorry. It's deeply painful. It's harder than a death. My dad almost died this past year. He was in the hospital for a month, and it was hard. But I have cried, had more pain because of this, and thinking about how it will affect our children more than that. We don't fight. We're great parents. But apparently it's all been a show, her hiding her true emotions, keeping them bottled up, not being honest. And then to an entry three months later. I've been feeling sad and depressed. 
I mean depths of sorrow that I haven't felt before. And then on the other hand, it's like a pendulum. It's like a swing. I'm happy all of a sudden. I'm finally out from under this toxicity, this constant need to be the strong one, to be the support in this marriage. I finally have a chance to breathe and not have to worry about that. And then I feel guilty because my kids are going through such a hard time and this choice was made without us. It was completely out of our hands. So in my initial entry, it was all sorrow, no joy. And even though the pain is present and all-encompassing three months later, there's joy sandwiched in there as well. And the tone of these diaries changed drastically. When I was initially just sad and grieving and not believing what was happening, I had transitioned to a combination of grief, anger, and elation. Had I not made these entries, I wouldn't have noticed that progress, that step that I was making through the grief process. And I've since kept up that journal, and it has been very helpful to be able to look back on those and see, okay, even though I'm having a hard day, I am making progress. I am healing from this divorce. Now, that journal is not only for writing your worries and sorrows. It's also a place to write your dreams for the future, your goals, what you want for your children, what you want to accomplish emotionally, mentally, physically. Maybe you decide to run a marathon. Maybe it's just walking a 5K. Maybe it's a goal to enroll in school again, to find a better job. Write your goals down and copy them in a place where you can see them and work towards them where you can write out the steps that you need to take to achieve those goals. And then finally, the fourth thing you can do in this beginning stage of your divorce is to find your divorce tribe. Your divorce tribe is the group of people who will help you through this. Many will have experienced divorce in their own lives, whether through parents or their own divorce, and others will just be good friends. They're the people who will help you through it, who will mentor you, who will let you cry by their side and lift you back up. You will feel alone in divorce. That's just inevitable. But by finding your divorce tribe, you will be able to conquer that feeling. The question you might be wondering at this point is, how do you find friends and mentors at this point in your life? I mean, you might be a single parent with no free time. You may have way too much free time, but you are not motivated to go out and find your tribe in the wild. But that doesn't mean you can't find your divorce tribe. You just have to know where to look. Uh, One place is in Facebook groups. There are hundreds of these. Join multiple groups. Find the ones that fit your personality and what you're going through. Don't join ones that won't be helpful. Uh... If you're Christian, join Christian divorce groups. If you're atheist, join atheist divorce groups. And you might even join ones where you know, you know, they don't quite fit my personality, my beliefs, but I know it will be helpful. Join these groups. Be careful, though, because some Facebook groups aren't what they seem. I joined a Facebook group that I thought would be helpful, but it ended up being a tool to tell divorcees that if they remarried, they were going to hell. That's not the most reassuring group to be in when you're going through a divorce. 
Now there is good and bad with everything. Find the good in the group and ignore the bad. Number two, download the Meetup app and join a divorce meetup group or even just a hiking group or an outdoor group or a yoga group or a cooking group. Join those groups where you will find support and friendship to get through this time. They don't have to be focused on divorce. They could be focused on your hobbies. But you will meet people and they will be able to help you. I joined a yoga group and even though it had nothing to do with divorce... It was very helpful in my healing process. Uh, Number three, loving and positive friends and family. Now I have to specify loving and positive friends and family because there are friends and family who are not loving and positive, who can be manipulative and negative. The last thing you want during a divorce is to have to worry about other people. One of the benefits of living close to family for me was the ability to go over to my brother's house and my sister-in-law's house and take my kids and just crash on the couch while the kids played. And I would just sleep. Sometimes this was the only sleep I was getting. But I was grateful to my brother and my sister-in-law for allowing me that time to just decompress without having to worry about whether my kids were just watching TV or whether they were sad and moping in their rooms. I knew that they were playing with cousins and that I could just lay down and take a nap and not have to worry about that. Another place to find your divorce tribe, divorce care or other divorce-specific healing groups. Uh, I went to Divorce Care, which is a Christian group. Uh, If you Google it, you can find them usually nearby. I went to Divorce Care, and it was very helpful. Uh, There were people who experienced the same situations as I did. There were people at all stages of divorce. And it was very helpful to be able to go there and to talk through the situations, the issues you were facing, and to have those people who knew what you were going through. So to summarize, don't make any major decisions or act on your emotions right away. You don't want to end up in jail in addition to getting a divorce. Two, take care of yourself and allow others to take care of you. Three, buy yourself a journal and document the lows and the highs. Write down your dreams and your goals. And then four, find your divorce tribe. Find them in Facebook groups, meetup groups, positive friends and family, divorce care and other divorce healing groups. And also be careful as you are at an emotionally vulnerable state. Now, divorce is flipping complicated and no two divorces are alike. It can't be summarized in a list of to-dos. It's not that easy. What might work for someone could be impossible for you. While some people will be able to exercise daily for over an hour, you might only have the energy to exercise for 11 minutes. But what I'm hoping to convey to you is that what you are feeling is normal. You are not alone. And those of us in your tribe who have trudged through the wilderness and find ourselves finally emerging from the forest, bruised, scratched, yes, but healing, can help you from getting bogged down in the mud, unable to move forward. It's time to find your divorce tribe so that you can not only survive divorce, but thrive from your divorce. 
And with that, we've come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for joining me on this first official episode once again. Next podcast, I'll be talking about how to cope with the extreme grief and pain of a divorce. It's one of the hardest things I've had to deal with, and I'm still dealing with it at times. But I've been able to come out of it stronger and more resilient. Thank you for joining me today. If you found this podcast helpful, please like and subscribe, leave a review, and share it with others who could use support and healing. Visit thedivorcetribe.com for more resources to help you through your divorce, and follow me at The Divorce Tribe on Instagram to be notified when new episodes and content are released. Remember, you are not alone. We are part of the same tribe, The Divorce Tribe. Until next time.